0: Back to another edition of Acacia Covered Podcast. Uh, Brent Maycock here along with Mac Moore, Scott Pask, and Ricky Peterson. And we are deep in the midst of state championship season winter style. We have uh, already had our state Scholars Bowl champions crowned. And last weekend, we have moved along to state swimming, finishing up last weekend with the boys edition over the winter. And they were at the Shawnee Mission Aquatic Center, School District Aquatic Center, over in Overland Park, and you had Class 6A and Class 5 through 1A competing over there, and some some great state swimming. Mac and Scott got to take it in, and and boys, you got you saw some pretty high quality swimming on both meets. Uh, Tuck us a little bit. We'll start with Class 6A, where Blue Valley North claimed the team title in a great race with Shawnee Mission East and Blue Valley North just as Mac had kind of predicted it would be a kind of a three-team deal, uh, four-team really, with Olathe East kind of right in there as well. And and Mac, uh, that team race certainly uh, did not disappoint.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, uh, it was one where you know you're watching throughout the day, and if you're just looking at winners of individual events, you would have gotten the wrong idea because uh, up through uh, the final race, uh, neither of the two top teams. Uh, Blue Valley North and Shawnee Mission East had had, had a individual champion to that point, uh, a, a few close calls and different uh, relays, and, and and a couple uh, swimmers g- getting some second places. But uh, once you you got to that that four hundred, and it was in a position where Blue Valley North uh, had a six point lead, so. You know, I was standing right there. I think I had, I, I didn't even notice uh, when the the 400 freestyle relay had started that the Blue Valley North group had just crowded behind me. And I started hearing, and I was like, I think that was that that's Coach Cole uh, talking with them back there. And he's going through and He's like, Well, they can't if they get first, we gotta get second. If they get, and you know, and just trying to trying to do that math there with that that 40 point uh, winner relay. But it, it didn't matter because Blue Valley North's relay team uh, led by Jack Monroe and and Michael Mayo, uh, they end up getting first. They were uh, going toe to toe with a a really good Olathe Northwest uh, relay team, and by the time uh, you know they get to that 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 last just fifty. You could just see that, you know, Blue Valley North went crazy. I turned around, shot some some photos, and got some video of it. But uh, they were going nuts because they knew at that point, you know, forget just winning that that team title. They were going to do it uh, the the best way possible. Uh, we got two of those. Uh, bo- both classes end up being uh, uh, take it all, finish there. Uh, but Blue Valley North wins that relay, gets a a pretty solid win, and that's the first. Uh, state title for, for Blue Valley North since 2014, so they were super excited. Uh, Rob Cole, the head coach, uh, used to be the girls' swim coach at, at Shawnee Mission East. Uh, he knows a lot about winning, and uh, it's it just been a, a few years, and he's gotten that boys right there uh, to to... Uh, take on his, his mentor and Wiley Wright at, at Johnny Mission East. So uh, both of them uh, are, are young teams too. So when you, you look at who they have on their rosters, uh, I think that was the, the one thing Cole said to me at the end. Like, yeah, the like just projected for next year. This is going to be two really good teams. They're going to be battling it out uh, to try to see who can win that, that state title next year. So uh, really, really good stuff from the 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 team race, and then you know, uh, I'll, I'll kick it to Scott for, uh, real quick for uh Brock Wallace had uh a, a really uh, great day, and we had a we had a couple uh double champs, uh, but uh Scott, if you want to tell everybody about how Brock Wallace of Wichita Northwest fared uh, at state,
2: yeah, Brock's been one of the better swimmers in the Wichita area, and, and uh. uh you know, just a, a good a good swimmer down here in the city league, and and a two time medalist And his. He's got his specialty events are the the two hundred medley and the one hundred backstroke, and and uh, Brock had a really good day. He races uh, in Lenexa and, and to to capture his first state titles. Uh, you know, he told me he told me afterward that he really prioritized just some specific things on on what he thought it would take to 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 finally get to, to the top, and you know, attrition always helps when you're. You know, when you start out as a freshman and you have some success, eventually these seniors, juniors, and seniors are going to ahead of you are going to graduate. But Brock is, uh you know, he certainly did his part to to, to raise his game and and uh, uh, won that 200 medley, uh, you know, by by about just a little over three quarters of a second, and, and then came back and and had a real dog fight uh, uh, in the backstroke, but but got that win too. And uh, very good kid, just a real real joy to talk to and and. Uh, um, you know he was, uh, as, as you said, one of one of two double individual event winners, and and uh, you had the other one in your area, Mac. And I'll just throw it back to you for that.
1: Yeah, Grady O'Connor, Shawnee Mission South. I think that was one, maybe even more than uh, like. I I don't know. Brock, Brock Wallace is a pretty solid lock for both of his as well, but, uh, Grady O'Connor, I'm not sure. I mean, I I think I had mentioned this to you, Scott, right after one of the the races finished. Uh, you know, you have a good swimmer when you see him finish the race, not just, just, it's not even pouting, but just kind of calmly in the water and each lane around him is just celebrating. They're doing the splash celebration, smack in the water. They're so happy. Uh they still were a couple of seconds behind him. Uh they they were so happy to have made, you know, their PRs they are doing great and not even close to, to, to Grady and he's he's upset. He was sick coming in, so he, he got the, the the double gold, but neither one uh, you know, one, he was hoping to get pretty close, you know, at least push towards, uh, the, the, the state record. Uh, but like he, he, he still had an amazing performance. One that he's, he's looking as a, as a junior trying to come back next year. He's hoping that, uh, he can end up just getting himself in that position to maybe, maybe break a couple state state records, but, uh, like, you know uh, that that sub uh 140 uh time in the 200 yard freestyle that I mean that definitely looked like something I, I thought w- you know we'd see from him and then uh it was just a little bit less but uh he, he's definitely the type of kid that you know uh, as he's looking forward to finishing out strong uh I can imagine uh, another double gold and and uh maybe maybe a few records being shattered as he as he gets there so uh it's weird to think i'm more excited for what he'll end up doing next year than just that what was still a really great performance uh from him in that one um and then uh i i think you know, we were talking to teams earlier, and it was a, a, a three or four team race. I think, you know, it was it was something where Blue Valley Northwest uh, had got themselves into the mix, definitely as the third team. And uh, that's exactly where they end up finishing. And a lot of that, uh, it, it, you had a really great uh, finish from a senior in uh, Will Christie in the 500 yard freestyle. Uh, he, he just. Did amazing that, uh, ended up, uh, I think he was two seconds slower than his prelim time and, uh, still ended up being uh, a second and a half ahead of the runner up Shawnee mission East sophomore, uh, Jack McClellan. And, uh, you know, I love watching at the end of a 500 yard freestyle where, I mean, it, I, I partially it's because he went slower, but partially, I mean, he's just gassed looking up at the, uh, at, at the scoreboard. So uh, just very, very tired from that. Cause that is a grueling race. And, uh, you know, along with him was, uh, sophomore Micah Churchill. Uh, he had a really good day and, uh, maybe it's just every, every swimmer is sick, uh, is what you find out at the end. Uh, so, uh, you never know how impressive it is, but he was also one that, uh, maybe could have done even better if not for an illness heading into to state. But, uh, you know, he still, uh, leads the, the Huskies, uh, to a first place finish in the 200 yard medley relay, uh, ends up, uh, just st- pushing them out past a the east is the, the the runner up there uh and then he was a state runner up in the the 200 individual medley so started with a great day and that's even before really just got going when he uh ends up winning the 100 butterfly by almost a full three seconds so he had an amazing day and as a sophomore uh he's just gonna keep going keep going and you know he said individual medley got state runner up he he in an ideal world that's not even a race he would want to swim uh but obviously when you got guys like Grady O'Connor and Brock Wallace uh there's only a few events where you're like I'm going to pick my shot there and so uh 200 individual medley is where he's at but uh we'll start to see over the next couple of years is there a race that opens up that that makes more sense for him uh but that's definitely somebody if we're trying to figure out who might be a double gold here over the next couple of years. years. Uh, that might be Churchill joining Grady O'Connor uh, next year. And then uh, Olathe East uh, had a great day, largely driven by Olathe, uh East top diver who uh, Charlie Matthews, uh, he won two years ago. Uh, he got a third place last year in a very uh, crowded field. Uh, he's He's been there for, you know, three previous seasons of, of, of getting himself in that top three range. And now he's, uh, got it one more time, goes out and, and wins it. And, uh, was just very calm about it. It was just, you know, for him, he wanted it to just be less stressful than previous years because it's been a very competitive diving field in, in six a, and he just went out, had fun, got himself in a position where, uh, you know, his last dive, he just kept it simple like they, they, they had it planned out for him the to, to, to keep that lead and, and just uh, smooth on the final dive just uh, gets in gets it and make sure that no mistakes nothing that can uh, open the door for Elliot Alvers who also has had amazing uh, diving career uh, another senior that uh, second straight state runner-up finish uh, in his uh, third overall also was runner up as a, as a freshman, which is crazy. So, uh, that, that's uh, diving was a very competitive, uh, event. And, uh, with Matthews also, a uh, great finish, uh, from another Olathe East kid, uh, Kobe Otero, which I'll, I'll kick it to Scott since he, uh, talked with him there after, uh, he had, uh, picked up a lot of nice hardware.
2: Yeah, Kobe's a Kobe was a transfer from Garden City to Olathe East uh, after his sophomore year, and and really made a big impact for Olathe East over his two years in the program, and and uh, uh, had a great swim in the in the in the fifty free to, to win that event, and, and then came back in the in the two hundred freestyle relay, and just uh, uh, kind of set the set the tone for those really good anchor leg swimmers for the day, and he just he really threw one down there to to help Olathe East. Uh, uh, get the victory in that race as well um, you know so Kobe's Kobe wraps up his career with you know just a really fun day those those, those kids that's from the 50 it's uh, uh, you know they're it, it's like there's a heavy metal soundtrack going off in their head and they really uh, they run on adrenaline and, and Kobe was certainly that type I mean he put on a, a really good performance there uh, at the 6a level
0: yeah some some great performance in 6a not a whole lot of uh
2: not a whole lot of events challenging
0: state records next year so maybe a little slower meet than you typically see at the 6a level but with a lot of uh, underclassmen coming back for next year that it, it, uh, should set up for maybe uh, maybe some some times next year where they really challenge those records whereas in 5a now we had a fast meet we had guys coming back that were record setters guys chasing records and uh, much like the 6a meet you know, team that wins the team title doesn't have an individual champion until the final event of the meet and uh but andover gets their first swimming championship and does it in a pretty uh, pretty dramatic style uh scott with how they uh, put the clincher on that
2: yeah you know we talked in an earlier podcast about how andover had been winning a lot of meets down here in the wichita area uh and doing it with their depth i mean they didn't they didn't didn't necessarily win a lot of events at, at any at any meet. I mean, they 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 won their fair share, but but it wasn't uh, it wasn't a case where they just had that that absolute uh, you know number one stud that could go out and just win you know win four events every meet or anything like that. Uh, it was I, I guess the question I had was, would it be able to play out like that uh, at the state level and and it did and uh, you know Andover didn't have uh, its victory until the the four hundred freestyle relay. But they did put have one medal winner in every event, and that's uh, that's kind of how they did it, and they got their first state title doing it that way. Uh, but what a final event that was! That 400 freestyle relay. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, my, I have two adult kids who attended Andover uh, High School, and I, so I've I've gotten to know the Andover-Andover Central rival, rivalry a little bit. You know, have have an inside look at it, and, and those kids are friends, but the. You know they want to they want to beat each other crossing the street. They want to be the first one to touch the curb. I mean they will compete in anything, and and that's what it came down to in that uh, in that 400 freestyle relay. Uh, of course, Andover, Andover Central had won the last two Class 5 through 118 titles, um, and Andover entered that 400 freestyle relay already with the title wrapped up. I mean they could have they could have sunk to the bottom of the pool and still won the title because they had a 43 point lead going into that event. Uh, but but what fans who stuck around were treated to was uh, probably uh, the race day in that 400 freestyle relay. Uh, Andover uh, with Sam Ellis anchoring them, uh, Jonathan God, Eli Conard, and Ian Deffenbach were part of that. Uh, they set the set the 5A meet record of 3:10.89, and they needed every bit of it because Andover Central uh, also. Eclipsed the the five A meet record with a three eleven twenty seven, and it was one of those. I looked at the splits um, when Andover, when when Ellis entered the pool for the anchor leg, he had a had a one tenth of a second lead over uh, over Andover, and it was. I mean, it was just like they they simultaneously simultaneously jumped in the pool. Uh, Really thrilling race, and it was the second record of the uh, meet record of the the day in the five through one A meet. The other one was set by. Uh, a senior who ended up being the the uh, swimmer of the meet, and that was May South Reagan Richardson. Uh, Reagan has been an outstanding, outstanding uh, freestyle sprinter throughout his career, and and he he really brought it for his final state meet. Uh, he won the 50 freestyle, uh, 20.56 seconds, and that was just uh, under a tenth of a second off the the, the meet record. Uh, came back in the hundred free, and uh, he really threw it down there. He swam 45.06. Uh, that that came in about six hundredths under the under the meet record, uh, just a great 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 way to end his individual career. And then he came back, um, you know, his work w- was hardly done. There he came back and swam the, the two freestyle relays later in the day, and you know while May South didn't win either one of those, uh, you got a real taste for what he what he could do. Um, I think he jumped in the pool in the 200 freestyle relay. Went uh, the Mavericks were sitting in sixth place then, and he swam them all the way into second. Uh, came back in the 400 freestyle relay when he got in the pool, they were seventh and he ended up getting them to a fourth place finish. So that's, that's what a freestyler can do for you. And, and uh, Reagan, uh, you know, he, he said he, he had a, had a feeling that was going to be a big meet for him and, and he delivered. I mean, he just, he, uh, he, he came through in the prelims and really kind of set the tone and, and then came back in the finals with a, with a great day. And he was, he was one of uh, three guys who won, um, double events for the 5A, 5 through 1A meet. Uh, the others were also Wichita area swimmers, Adam Sandeed, who was the swimmer of the meet in last year's state meet. Uh, Adam came back and and uh, defended his title in the 200 freestyle. Uh, he had set a meet record last year, didn't quite get there uh, this year. Uh, you know, he had cracked 140 in the 200 free uh, a year ago, ended up swimming just over 141. Uh, on Saturday but uh, a, a dominant performance I think he was three over three seconds ahead in that race. Um, he had switched his program up to 100 to swim the 100 yard butterfly at state this year and and gets his first state title in that as well and and then he he was just a, a hammer for collegiate relays and they, they won they defended their titles in the in the 200 medley and, and uh, 200 freestyle relays there so so sandeed, after winning the sprint, the two sprints as a as a sophomore, uh, he wins three events last year. Comes back and gets four events uh, to wrap up his career. Wrap up his career with nine golds. So just an outstanding uh, career for, for Adam. Uh, the other double event winner uh, was Cape and Mount Carmel junior Frank Alberti, and Alberti, uh, um, you know, he's kind of established himself as the the premier backstroker in five through one A over the last couple of years, winning the state title. Uh, each of those years in that event. And he got his third title there, uh, but also added his first title in the 200 individual medley and really just showed his skill. He's a, he's a really good underwater swimmer and uh, the breaststroke is kind of his nemesis, uh, but he held, he kind of held his own through that. He he conceded his lead, but he was close enough uh, to, to Andover Central's Brian Wynn that he could flip, flip the script on him with the freestyle. And, and uh, uh, so on that, on that final, um, Part of the race, Alberti swims to the to the finish line first and, and gets a uh, gets a victory there. Uh, it was kind of a, a bittersweet probably weekend for the Cape and swimmers. They were uh, they were disqualified from the 200 medley relay in the in Friday's preliminaries and, and that one really cost them. It cost them a chance at least of a, at a, a team trophy. Uh, they end up finishing fourth place there, uh, behind Andover, uh, Andover Central, uh, and uh, Wichita Collegiate. Uh, Andover Central put up a, a pretty game fight. You know, they, they didn't really let go of the torch uh, very easily. And, and uh, Noah Kruger comes through and, and gets an individual event victory for them uh, in the 100 breaststroke. So uh, it, it just, it, it's like all these really good Wichita kids kind of took their, took their party up to, to Kansas City for the weekend. And, uh, you know, Wichita area swimmers end up winning 10 of the 12 events uh, in the 5 through 1A meet. Uh, the, the outsiders, so to speak, were, were uh, uh, Lansing sophomore Zach Mendez, who won the 500 uh, freestyle. Uh, you know, Jer- or, uh, Matt could tell you a little bit more about Zach's story. Uh, but but he, he, he came up with a big, and I'll, I'll, I won't spoil Max Thunder there. I'll let him share what that was. And, and then Aquinas' is, uh, Alex Moeller also wins the. So um, It's just a banner year. It was a good year last year for the Wichita area. Uh, a banner year this year with uh, um, um, with what they accomplished in Lenexa, but but Matt, go ahead and, and fill us in on Zach Mendez.
1: Well, Zach Mendez ends up uh, making history for his team. He became the first Lansing swimmer from either the boys uh, or the girls programs to win a state title, winning the the 500 free. And you know one of the best parts about the story is honestly he he, he told me afterwards he was so nervous uh, he was ready to leave and not even race the event um, earlier in the day uh, you know he's in the 200 yard freestyle he had a prelim uh, time that was uh, the second best he, he you know that's where he had positioned himself. Um, by the time that race was over, he finished with a a, a fifth place and uh, just kind of with the way that was going with the relay events, uh, you know, he just kind of was starting to get into his own head and you know how the process works uh, when you, you finish the previous uh, race. Uh, they'll end up doing the consolation for the next one for the 500 free. And then they do, uh, you know, the medal ceremony. And this is just all this time for, for Mendez to just sit there and think about, you know, just kind of, it, it's not just about going out there and, 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 you know, uh, doing your best, you know, like he, he tried that earlier and it, it it didn't work out quite as well. So he's uh, he, he had the best time in the 500 free. It should have been a very confident moment for him and said he was worried about it. And, you know, he, he maybe could have just walked right out that door instead of turning right on the, the pool deck to, 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 to get into position. And he said, though, once he got to the block, all that nervousness went away. He was ready to go. He jumps in the pool and sure enough, he just takes off has a dominant victory there uh to get that first state title and in you know he talked with his coach about it afterwards uh you know this is uh, something that he had kind of known but it wasn't like his necessarily his goal he was just trying to uh, keep getting better and better and now he's had his taste of gold he wants more and more and more he wants to come back and he's just a sophomore he wants to try to win that 500 free a couple more times uh maybe you know uh, that that fifth place uh finish in the 200 free is probably going to push him for that event as well he wants to come back and try to become a a, a, a double champ and he's uh, you know i had different kids tell me different times some were taking two weeks off after this some were to be like i'll be back in the pool on wednesday and i asked him w- you know when he plans to- he's monday i'm getting back in in the pool Monday, which was a holiday. I don't even know if that's legal. Let's not tell case administrators. Let's not let them know. I don't know. But he was planning on getting back in because he's hoping that he won't just be the first day champion for for Lansing. He's gonna make it uh, a few more before his time is is done there.
0: Great stuff from the class five uh five through one ME both both state swimming meets. Uh a lot of a lot of great swimmers, a lot of great performances. And so if we can put the books on state swimming for boys this year. We'll have girls swimming coming up this spring and there's a lot of great swimmers coming back on the girls side that we'll get to uh, as the spring season starts uh, starts up here in, in less than a couple weeks. Uh, I think they can start practice here uh, like a week, from, a week from this week. So uh, spring sports are almost already upon us and winter sports haven't finished up, but we're getting close to wrapping up and with swimming done, we can now turn our attention to What has become wrestling week here for Keisha, uh, Keisha covered and and Keisha getting ready for girls state wrestling on Wednesday and Thursday, and then boys state wrestling on Friday and Saturday. And we'll start uh, taking a look at some of the girls action. You'll have the class six, five, a meet down in Wichita and at Park City to be exact. And then the class four through one, a meet will be out at Salina Mac and Scott will be down at class six, A and. You know we got a lot of champions returning from last year's last year's uh, state meet, and some really great champions that are coming back. When you talk about Olathe South, uh, Nicole Redmond, Bonner Springs, Olivia Steen, Leavenworth, Hannah Jackson, Olathe West, Michaela Rivera, Um, you got just some some incredible wrestlers coming back, and there's going to be some good meets. Guys in class six five a. Just taking a look at the brackets, is there anyone that really jumps out at you as, hey, I want to get my popcorn and maybe get there early for uh, <laughs> for the action in, in this bracket because it's just going to be a war.
2: Yeah, you just you got to jump in at the 110 pounds. I mean, that is uh, uh, that one just jumps off the chart. It's got uh, uh, a two-time state champion in Larissa Garcia from Wichita North. Uh, uh, past champion in Anna Collins from Hutchinson, who won a, a state title two years ago for Wellington, uh, and then it's got Sarah Zimmerman, who who has just been a consistent force. Um, you know, Ricky, no, Ricky can tell you more about Sarah uh, out of Hayes. Um, you know, she's she's won regional titles each of the last two years. Last year, won the regional, de- de- actually defeated the, uh, Garcia in the regional final, and then Garcia turned the tables on her. Uh, at the at the state meet last year to, to win her second title, uh, Zimmerman kind of set that script again uh, last week at the regional. And I know I'm still in your thunder here, Ricky, but but or, or a couple weeks ago at the regional, but she uh, handed Anna Collins her first loss of the season. Anna uh, had transferred to Hutchinson for her senior year and had had rolled through things unbeaten, had an unbeaten streak that went clear back until you know to her sophomore year, um, and hadn't lost since then. And and uh, Zimmerman. Uh, is able to get a late pin in that in that match, gives her the top seed for that bracket, and I think that's um, you know when you if you're trying to handicap that that one that that Sarah gets to set on the other side of the bracket from from Garcia and Collins and and I don't know that that can be understated. It's a um, it's it's not going to guarantee her a, a state title necessarily, but but it's just going to be one less fish to fry so to speak. If if uh, you know if chalk holds in that bracket, uh, it, that's really the one you know if you're you're trying to engage in, in girls wrestling and, and check out check something out really pay attention to that to that 110 pound bracket at, at 658 i mean they're they're outstanding champions and that's kind of i guess the thing i'd say Brent, is that's what i've noted We're, this is our fourth year of the the Cacia sanctioned state girls uh wrestling tournament i think right now we have a crop of, of wrestlers who are are kind of uh, you know, there, there have been trailblazers who have already graduated, but this is the first crop that's gone through, uh, first group that's gone through all four years now. And, and so there's some household names in the, in the sport. Um, and to me, I guess uh, that 110 bracket is where three of them really, really, uh, you know, really stand out. Yeah, Ricky, uh, you know, Scott touched on Sarah Zimmerman.
0: She's, she's a great story. Her brother's obviously an outstanding wrestler as well. And, and, uh, you know, I think she's looking to make a little history on her part as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, she definitely is. Um, you know, in talking with Sarah um, and in a little bit, I think we'll play an interview with her. Um, you know, a big thing were her, with her is just getting, she said, just the mental focus. Uh, you know, l- last year she at times she said she kind of got a little, you know, frazzled maybe, uh, you know, l- let the moment get to her a little bit. And this year, I mean – she's just been rock solid all year, all year long, uh, battle tested. Obviously the, the win over Collins was, was a huge win for, her. and then, uh, you know, she, and she beat Josiah Ortiz, who's a, who's a reigning uh, champion at class four through one. A. So, you know, she's, she's done everything she needs to do. Uh, you know, the only, I think the only, you know, thing missing from her, from a, remarkable career as a state title and if you know it you know if she doesn't get it there's obviously nothing to hold hold her head about because like scott mentioned that 110 pound class is it might might be one of the toughest classes we've seen you know so far in the four in the four years uh of, of girls state wrestling in kansas but uh you know this might be a good time to just uh you know play the interview with sarah uh this is sarah zimmerman that uh, you know recapping her career a little bit and talking about what she's looking forward to at stake can you talk a little bit about the regional final and you know how you were able to get the win there
4: um i was just in the right mindset that Mm -hmm. day i was well i was kind of preoccupied because it's indian call Mm -hmm. and i had to get back for the dance but i was just I wanted that win, and mm-hmm. just because I think the week before she beat me mm-hmm. in the Rocky Welton, so just getting that victory back mm-hmm. felt good, and then being, we're both each other's first loss, so she's a good opponent, mm-hmm. so I like that match, but that was a good win
3: for me. Yeah, how big a confidence boost was that, because I, I mean, obviously it helps in seeding, and I'm sure it gives you a big confidence boost, doesn't it, heading into the state?
4: It does. I would have been, well, I wouldn't have been good either, but... You know, it was good winning, and then it does help me in state mm-hmm. to try my best and make it to the finals. But, yeah, I think that win helped me out a lot with state. You.
3: Um, your weight class, I think, is one of the toughest ones in the state. Did you know heading into the season it was going to be like that? Uh,
4: I didn't. I haven't really been keeping up much with, like, the news of my weight class, and then yesterday, when I was trying to keep up, or this weekend, when I was trying to keep up with regionals with the boys, I found an article about my weight class, and I was like, oh, I guess my weight class is pretty tough. So. Uh,
3: as a competitor, I mean, you you want to be the best, don't you? I mean, yes. do you do you, kind of, do you like having that challenge, I guess? I do. It does
4: make the win feel a lot more worth it and that I earned it, so, yes, having those good opponents to go against in the close matches makes it feel more
3: earned um you know do you like having that familiarity with obviously first you know you've got to take care of business or in the earlier matches but do you like having familiarity familiarity with the other girls kind of knowing what to expect or would you rather you know face new new opponents
4: um it depends because you know with certain opponents like Ortiz I've mm-hmm. been wrestling her since I was seven and those are still close matches for us but you know we know each other's moves so mm-hmm. it's always until the last minute for those and then We just know what to expect. But then also getting those new opponents Mm -hmm. and just working different moves because they're different wrestlers. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, Just how much do you think having that experience of wrestling in the finals the last two years, I mean, how much does does that help you know and, you know, the state format and all that? I mean, that that helps too, I'm sure.
4: Um, It kind of helps with the nerves, you know, Mm -hmm. just because I've been there. But, you know, then you get in... The nerves kind of build up as you go throughout the day, and if you do make it the finals, you're just sitting there waiting, mm-hmm. but then, you know, once the match starts, those everything else clears out, and you're just there to wrestle.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, heading in this year, what what improvements were you hoping to make? You know, what was kind of the big takeaway from, from the year before, and what did you try to get better at?
4: Um, I think just getting out of my own head, because that was my biggest um, difficulty last year. I was always just getting in my head, making myself more nervous than I should be. And, you know, I think that's, that was a big thing during the finals because I was just too tense and the nerves really got to me and it's just me fighting with myself. So that was my big thing this year. And then, you know, working, just
3: improving. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and what, What's it been like to see the girls wrestling grow? I mean, how does how does this year kind of compare from a competition standpoint to when you were first starting out as a freshman? I mean, I'm sure it's got a lot tougher.
4: Yeah, it definitely has, and it just makes the experience more fun with just a team in general just because we had a pretty much a full roster this year, so that makes, you know, you have more people to cheer on during the tournaments and just more to look forward to and more partners in the mm-hmm. wrestling room to make you better.
3: Um do you change anything up in your approach when you're getting ready to, to, to go to state? I mean, is what do you kind of focus on, you know, here in the, the last few days heading into it?
4: Um, I mean, I keep it pretty much the same because my routine doesn't really change. Like, I work out on the weekends, and we sometimes I'll open up the room to get an extra workout. But, you know, it's just staying in shape and then working on the moves I need to. Because once it gets down to this line, it's just working on the little things that, can mm-hmm. help us make it to the finals.
3: Being a senior, I mean, do you do you try to soak up the experience anymore? Or do you think about it that way? Uh,
4: it hasn't really hit me yet, mm-hmm. the senior feeling, but I feel like it definitely will after State, and it's just I feel like all the emotions are going to come to me at once just because I haven't really experienced or felt like this is my last year with my team and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do this again next year. Mm-hmm.
3: So, are, are you looking to wrestle in college?
4: I am. Uh-huh. I'm going to. I'm signing, I've committed to Simpson College in mm-hmm. Indianola, Iowa, and then I'm going to sign with them March 1st.
3: What kind of stood out about them, and why did you decide to commit to them?
4: Um, well, I went over there, I visited there over Christmas break, so the campus was kind of empty, but they showed me um, what they could and all of that, and then the coach is um, an alumni from Iowa, and so he's a really good wrestler, and he just, they just made it feel very welcoming, and then they have a really great facility for wrestling as well.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, Sarah.
3: Again, that was uh, that was Sarah Zimmerman. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, an outstanding career. Uh, you know what? Like Scott mentioned, I think the seniors in this class deserve so much credit for helping grow grow the sport uh, you know it's their first they're the ones that went went four years all the way through um you know they've i've really seen a lot of a lot of small towns start to get girls wrestlers i mean there's a there's a girl from Quinter wrestling this year i know Hayes's numbers have been really good. Dodge's numbers have, have always been good. But uh, I just really think the seniors deserve a lot of credit for what they've done for girls wrestling. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just,
1: it's just been really fun to watch. All right. I was going to say uh, another good class. Uh, you look at uh, 135. Um, that's one right now where in the rankings you have – uh Shelby Davis senior from Gardner Edgerton uh is number 1 then uh number 2 uh Virginia Munez from from Emporia, and those were two that were uh in the the, the 138 class. I, you know, now it's one thirty-five. They got those changes. But uh Davis lost to uh De Nara Garcia from Dodge City in the quarterfinal and then had to battle her way back to get to the third place match to actually beat Garcia in that one to take third. Uh Unez end up losing uh in the final to Free State's Madison Gray, which I don't think anybody was gonna beat her, but now that 135 is much more open and it's not just those two because Manhattan's freshman Elena Slifer seems to get better and better uh each week uh I already wrote a story on uh JC Harmon's Kamani Jackson she's really good she's fourth right now uh and then you know uh, next to Haley uh, Ramos from Dodge City uh uh, you got you got a capon girl in there in the in that uh top six as well that That's a really good group right there. And a lot. it's we were talking a lot about these returning state champions. That's one where Madison Gray had that unlocked for so long. Now we just have an absolute fight for who's going to be the one to To get out of there, and they they've all had the, you know, When you look for that really great story of overcoming adversity, I think all of them, maybe uh, Lena Slifer losing uh, four matches of the freshman isn't adversity yet. But the other ones, they've all had to go through it, and it'll be great whoever finds their way to the top of 135.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Mac. On 135, that that weight class is loaded. When you look at Alexis Fredrickson, who was fourth at her regional last week. She beat Munoz a couple weeks ago at the Centennial League meet. And, I mean, she's got Haley Ramos right off the bat from Dodge City, and that's going to be an outstanding match and one that really could um, play a huge role in what happens in the team race with Dodge City and Washburn Rural, kind of the two favorites to really battle it out for the team title this year. Alexis Fredrickson is no one to sleep on. If she upsets Haley Ramos, which is entirely possible in that match, that sends shockwaves through the whole state tournament. I mean, if you're, if you're there for the first round tomorrow, that's a match to w- watch because Fredrickson is very capable. You talked about Slifer. You talked about Munoz. I mean, those guys, they've, those girls have gone back and forth all year long beating each other. You know, Slifer beat both Fredrickson and Munoz to win the league title. Munoz comes back and beats, beats both of them. On her way to winning the regional title last week, so that 135 uh, definitely is a is a strong deep class. That uh, you know, I I like the I like the draw that Kamani has just to get out to you know maybe a semifinal showdown with either Shelby Davis or Elena Slifer, and then you know Ramos, Fredrickson, whoever wins that one will have to deal with Munoz who. Has, was ranked number one for much of the year in the weight. So that one's really wide open. And I think another one where there's a lot of intrigue would be uh, at a hundred pounds where, you know, m- freshman Michaela Sutton from, from Salina South had kind of been the top dog at that weight for much of the year. And then uh, Jaden Alvarado from Junction city has gotten her recently. And then, you know, she's lost to somebody to Mana Champasone, who's in the, in the tournament. And then, uh, Jacqueline Salas from Wichita West. Ariana Ortiz is a, a really good wrestler. She was a state runner-up last year from Casey Turner. So I think 100 pounds is another one where we could see some interesting stuff. Especially you know that second round. Marissa Brown from Olathe West was a regional champion. Well, she's probably going to have to face Michaela Sutton in that second round. And and uh, I, you got to like M- Michaela Sutton's chances in that one. She's got to be fired up right now, uh, coming off the loss and then. Uh, another first-round match, Connie Burns from Shawnee Heights and Molly Spader, a really good first-round match uh, with those two. Both of them have been ranked at some point this year and will be facing each other in the first round. So I think 110 is a another really strong weight class out there. And then you just look at it overall. There's nine nine returning state champions in the 6-5A six, six f- field this year when you talk about Amara Asa from Derby who had – Scott had one of the great. I think, believe it was Scott, wasn't you? That had one of the great pictures, or was it Mac? One of you two had just an incredible picture of her reaction after winning the state title last year. Um, you know, she's back at, to win at 105. You got the the champs, Larissa Garcia and Anna Collins at at 110. Nicole Redmond at 130. We haven't even touched on her. I mean, she's one of the most dominant wrestlers the state has seen. Uh, two time champion already. Um, Ashlyn Goodwin of of Goddard is a is a former state champion. Sage Rosario hasn't lost since coming to Kansas. She you know was a late arrival last year, coming in from Georgia where she had won a unsanctioned state title and then moved to moved to Kansas with her family for military reasons and stepped in and one league one regionals one state last year and has been absolutely untouchable this year. I mean, you want to talk about someone who just goes out and physically manhandles everyone she sees. That's Sage Rosario. And then maybe the best wrestler, girls wrestler in the state, pound for pound. I I would have a hard time arguing this with anybody. I think Olivia Steen of Bonner Springs is as good a female wrestler as the state has had. And that includes Madison Gray. Madison Gray was outstanding. She was as good as there is. Olivia Steen is the exact same way. She is just so dominant. And I mean, she just takes top-ranked contenders and makes them look like newbie first-year wrestlers. Then Michaela Rivera from Olathe West, also a dominant wrestler. And then Hannah Jackson's a great story from Leavenworth. You know, she began her career at 190, uh, took second at state as a freshman at 190, then moved down to 170 and took second to Olivia Steen that year. Last year, she cuts all the way down to 143, beats Goodwin in, in the semifinals and wins a state title there. This year, she's moved all the way back up to 235. And she's undefeated there and has beaten the number two ranked wrestler three times already this year. So Hannah Jackson, a great story. So we've got a lot of really, really quality wrestlers and a lot of really quality champions in Class 6-5A this year. And it, it, every year this, the girls meet, it just keeps getting better and better in terms of. But, you know, the first year, too, you, if you showed up with a winning record and you kind of had a clue about what was going on, you were going to be pretty high up on the medal stand. Now you might be a really good wrestler and you may not make the medal stand at all. I mean, it's just girls wrestling has just exploded in terms of not only numbers, but quality. And, and I think we're going to see a lot of that this weekend. Um, turning our attention to class four through 1A, again, so many state champions are back there. Nine there in that classification as well. Um, so we have nine returning state champions in 65 a and nine in class 4-1A. The only two-time returning champion is Kendra Hurla from Rossville. She was undefeated last year and winning at 120, where she's won both of her weights. This year, she's got one loss, but her only loss, she moved up a weight class and wrestled Gabby Coppas of Clay Center, who is only a returning champion and undefeated in her high school career. So you got a couple back-to-back state champions. Ricky touched on Josiah Ortiz a little bit and talking about the 115 in Class 6A. You know, 115 in Class... In Class Four through One A, I think is going to be just as good as the uh, as the as the tournament in Class Six A. When you look at Ortiz is the defending champion, and she's got an undefeated girl that she had to beat last year in the state titles in Leanna Landreth and and Ricky. You can talk a little bit about this one fifteen class too. Um, you know we got Kira Lacock is thirty and one on the season from Rossville, and she's ranked number five. You're 30 and one, and you're ranked number five. That tells you how deep that 115 weight class is in class four through 1A.
3: And I mean, Josiah Ortiz is an outstanding wrestler, and both her regional matches I mean, the semifinal and final were both really, really tough, tough matches for uh, Adrian Wynn. From uh, Joaquini Trigo, uh, I thought she wrestled a good match against her in the final. Uh, but yeah, Josiah knows how tough that that weight class is. Uh, obviously, she's looking forward to it. Uh, you know, she's she's wrestled with her sister who graduated last year for most of her career, and I think her sister really really helped Josiah get to this level. But uh, yeah, she's she's really looking forward on, to that. Uh, you know, I guess just touching on. Uh, another class that's really intriguing to me is uh, at 170, Atavia Kane and Grace Johns. Uh, Johns won the first meeting against Kane this year in uh, the Hayes Invitational and then Kane, you know, had a really impressive pin in the regional final. Uh, Johns got a late escape to go up 1-0 and Kane just really took advantage of a little bit of a miscue from Johns and uh, was, able to, was able to pin her and I think that would I think that one uh, could go either way. Uh, you know, at two thirty-five, I think Michaela, Michaela Miller is obviously the favorite. She's she's undefeated. She's been dominant, uh, but she's still going to have to go through Sierra Rawson, who's a, a heck of a heck of a wrestler herself. I think those two met up in the semifinals last year, and it was a really really clo- close match. Uh, and then, you know, from my area, uh, I'm excited to see what uh, Jaden Nye can do at 135. Uh, she's missed most of this year with a broken hand uh, that she suffered in the second match of the season. Uh, I thought she really, 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 uh, you know, wrestled wrestled well uh, in regionals. Um, you know, what are, what are your guys' kind of thoughts on other other classes that kind of stand out?
0: Definitely, you know, even going back to 115, real quick, you know, four four wrestlers in the 115 weight class have one loss or less. <laughs> that's just insane. That is just crazy. Layla Tindall from Fredonia, 21 and one. Kira Lecock from Rossville, 30 and one. Josiah Ortiz, Lakin, 36 and one. Leanna Landreth Mulvane, 34 and 0. I mean, that's just that's just ridiculously good and deep in that cl- weight class. I also like 145, where you have you have two undefeated wrestlers. Um, Cammy Shans from Mulvane, you know, she was a state champion in 2021. Didn't didn't win last year, um, and but she's back this year with a vengeance, and she's undefeated at 37 and 0. And then Santa Fe Trails Haley Crossland has had a really great season. She's 32 and 0. So you got two undefeated wrestlers in class, in 145 pounds, and then Destiny Gonzalez was a great wrestler last year. Uh, really pushed Allison King of Oskaloosa in the 155 pound champ. Um, in the 155 pound semifinals last year, and then King went on to win at 155. But she's got one loss this year. It came to uh, Haley Crossland earlier this year at the Baldwin tournament. And so uh, I think 145 is another weight class where they're, it's really, uh, really strong, really deep. Um, you, other returning champions to look at Holly Thatcher is one of two returning state champions from Oskaloosa. She wanted 100 pounds last year has moved up to 105 this year and, and has had a great season. Uh, Allison King, her teammate, 155 champion, 155, uh, this year and her only loss came to Sage Rosario. So, uh, she's got a really strong resume as well. Uh, Satori Bosserman from Oakley was a state champion in two th- 2021. And Ricky remind me last year. I don't, I don't even know if she got top four last year. If I remember right, she, uh, she was in a tough weight last year and, and uh, it just shows that, you know, she won 101 in 2021 and wasn't really close to uh, sniffing the finals last year. Um, and then you'll.
3: Yeah. I, I- I think there was a time this year where she wasn't ranked. I mean, she was doing everything she needed to do, and she wasn't even she wasn't even ranked. And it it just shows you how deep that class is. But I think now, even now, I think she's ranked fifth. But she's definitely she's definitely not somebody I, w- I would want to want to face early on because, like you said, she has that championship pedigree.
0: Yeah, in, in her weight class, Brianna Ross from Erie is twenty nine and one. Her only loss last year came to. Uh, Isabella Ortiz at state and so uh, Alyssa Kalovich of Chapman's also very strong in that in that weight class uh, other returning champions we talked about Josiah Ortiz we talked about Kendra Hurlow from Rossville Gabby coppas of Clay Center Cammie Shands Allison King Emily Schweitzer of Bueller uh, won in in 235 in t- 2021 she's at 190 this year so another returning champion and then you know, undefeated wrestlers uh, total, uh, there's a lot of them in in girls this year. If you look in, in Class 4A, one, two, three, eight undefeated wrestlers, uh, Sheena Garcia of Winfield, Leanna Landreth of Mulvane, Gabby Koppis, Clay Center, Jaden Nye of Russell, Cammie Shands, Haley Crossland, uh, Mulvane in Santa Fe Trail, Emily Schweitzer of Bueller, Michaela Miller, and in 6-5A, Five, six undefeated wrestlers, Ashley Arroyo of Dodge City at 145, Sage Rosario of Manhattan at 155, Chloe Harris of Latham Northwest at 155, Olivia Steen at 170, Drusilla Johnson at Wichita West at 190, and Hannah Jackson of Leavenworth at 34-0 and 0 at 235. So there's going to be some great wrestling to kind of set the stage for the week uh, for the girls. Again, 6-5 in Park City. 4-1A in Salina, and then the end of the week, we will have the Boys State Championships. We'll have Class 6A and Class 5A both down at Park City. Class 4A will be at Salina and Class 3-1A at Hayes. And, Ricky, let's go ahead and start at Hayes because you have not only the defending champion at Hoxie, but maybe the best team in the state and the first Class 3-1A through 1A team ever to be ranked number one in the all-class rankings that are done in the hoxie indians and every time you think they've done something to impress you i think they come back and do something else it just just blows your mind
3: yeah nine regional champions <laughs> kind of blow, blow my mind to, to to cue ferris bueller a little bit nine nine champions i mean that's 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 pretty that's pretty darn impressive uh you know we've talked a lot about the guys you know. The leaders of that team, you know, the Derek Johnsons, the Drew, Drew Bretts, uh, Sam Watkins, even though he's a sophomore. What impressed me the most watching him in the regionals was the was the newcomers, or or maybe not, uh, well, Ian Giancola, for one thing, he's a freshman and, and he has just been abs- absolutely outstanding at 113. I think he's you know a really dangerous guy. Uh, you know, Cash, Cash, Shilts at 106. He barely made it into the state tournament last year. I think he, you know, he made a he won a really good match in the blood round. Uh, this year, he has gotten so much better, and he was a, he was a regional champ. Um, Gavin Shippers. At, it's been a while since they've had you know a really good heavyweight. He's been really good. He was a regional champ. So it's just like you know the rich keep getting richer. I mean they just off the guys they returned you know last year that made the state tournament. They were you know they had a heck of a team but then you got guys that just keep getting better so uh you know i don't i don't really know what, what else to, what to say to say about them um you know i'm sure they'll get i'm sure they might find a way to surprise me again at the at the state at the state tournament
0: yeah there, there's four undefeated wrestlers in class 321a this year three of them are hoxie kids and drew bretz is 36 and 0 Derek johnson is 39 and 0 and Carson Oaks who Ricky didn't even mention there is 34 and 0. I mean that's how good Hoxie is is you can go 34 and 0 and you're still getting snubbed in, in, uh, in the in the pre-tournament hype. Uh, so Hoxie obviously far and away the favorite uh, something bizarre would have to happen for them not to uh, not to completely run away with class 321A and so let's turn our attention to maybe the rest of class 321A. Um, you know Ricky Norton obviously is a school that's had just outstanding wrestling tradition, and uh, you know they they've got a shot at finishing him on the podium this year uh, as well, especially with uh, the the closing hammers they have in the in those upper weights.
3: yeah for sure um they they want a really, really tough regional, but I think just like a narrow, narrow margin. Um, you know, Garrett Urban's been the, the big story there. Uh, you know, I think I mentioned it last time he missed most of the football season with the, with the injury. Um, you know, he's come back and really, really re- wrestled well at, uh, 190. Um, you know, they, uh, their heavyweight Corbin Puga, he, he's, he was really good last year and he's had a really, really solid year this year. uh, uh Jefferson Otter too. He's up at one of the upper classes, uh, they're, they are definitely a team to be, to be reckoned with. And, uh, you know, uh, this is the second year, I believe, under Bill Brockleman. Uh, he took over for Bill Johnson, who just had a legendary, legendary career at Norton. And I see, you know, I could see Norton being, uh, you know, a, a power for a long time still.
0: Yeah, another team looking to make its mark in Class 321A is, is a non traditional power in Sabetha. Uh, they've been ranked number two for, behind Hoxie for a lot of the season, and Sabetha had a great regional uh, performance last week. They qualified 12. They had 10 kids make the finals, and though they couldn't quite hit Hoxie's number of nine champions, they had six regional champions, and so... Uh, Sabetha a program that's never finished higher than seventh at the state tournament as a team. They're lo- looking to get some uh, hardware for the first time in program history. They've got four kids who are ranked number two, three of those are ranked right behind Hoxie kids. So they must be pretty good. If you're, you know, you're ranked right behind the Hoxie kid and Jonathan Renier, Josh Herman and, uh, and jo- Joshua Grimm. He's uh, he's ranked at heavyweight number two. And so, uh, and then Colin Menold is, is also ranked number two. So Sabetha is a team really looking to make, uh, make some noise out at Class 321A this week. And, you know, looking at some of the brackets out there, um, there, there's a few that jump out at me. I'm really curious to see uh, Brogan Monty of uh, Beloit. He's a freshman at 106 pounds. He's undefeated this year, 37-0. and Kind of carries the banner for, the, for being the only non-Hoxy guy to be undefeated out of the state uh, out of the state tournament this year and so um, any Ricky any weight classes that aren't uh, hoxie dominated that really really strike you as hey this is one that we really want to kind of keep an eye on just to see what's going to happen
3: Yeah, I think uh... You know at 126 um i was really impressed with uh mason younger from from ellis i've got a i kind of curious to see he was a runner-up last year uh, you know i'm kind of curious to see what he did he does uh, non non hoxie let's see non hoxie <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I don't know what is. Is there any other ones that I will say one other one that is that it is Hoxie related? But I'm kind of curious about um, Drew Brett's. He's you know he's last year he got upset in the semifinals and he uh, you know I really took that personally I think and he's you know he's really been aggressive this year and leaving no doubt he he might have to meet up with a really talented softball sophomore in a C- Creo Coop. Who uh, was a runner-up last year? They're wrestling at 165 this year. Um, that's kind of an I just that's kind of an intriguing one to me as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think 165 is going to be good. Drew Withington's another outstanding wrestler. I believe he only has one loss this year. Uh, I saw Bryson Lee from Atchison County, and and uh, he looks like he's he's a kid that that has going to is going to challenge and. Uh, the you know the last rankings had Aiden Amrine ranked number five in 165, but it looks like he moved up at regionals and wrestled at 175 and knocked off Mac Chambers of Southeast of Saline. And you know we remember Aiden Amrine from football as being just an incredible athlete. You know if he moves up there to 175, you know he might be somebody that might be able to. Uh, challenge sam watkins there at 175 and you know mac chambers with one loss josh herman a kid from sabetha who who's a really outstanding wrestler you know 175 even though sam watkins is a heavy favorite i think 175 is intriguing and then 285 it's always fun to watch because you, you never know what's going to happen with heavyweights all it takes is one slip one trip one one well-timed headlock and uh and you know Things can change in a hurry in 285. And you look, number six in the rankings is Jacob Carver from Rossville. He was state runner-up last year. And, you know, he's battled some shoulder injuries this year. He and Grimm were 3-2 in their regional finals, was the final score. They've gone back and forth a couple times this year. So I think 285 is, a, is another weight class that, that holds some intrigue. And, and Scott, uh, well, it sounded like you were going to chime in. There, there might be one or two out there that kind of pique your interest.
2: Yeah, I was just going to echo. Uh, you know, Ricky mentioned Creo, and and he had an outstanding freshman season last year. Took an unbeaten record all the way into the final, and, and then got beat. Uh, uh, outstanding football player, and you know, an all-state eight-man running back, and and he's had another good season. And I, yeah, he was. He's definitely one. Uh, you know, when he got just outside the Wichita area, that that I would say would be one to 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 keep keep an eye on. And then, um, uh, one other. Wichita area wrestler that, that's kind of caught my eye this season, Halstead, Skyler, Greer, and Greer uh, is number two at 150 pounds. He's, he's won 38 of 40 matches this year, and, and uh, you know, I know that 3-2-1-A meet, you, your, your, your tradition lies with the Hoxies, the Nortons, and, and a lot of those Western Kansas schools, but uh, uh, usually here in, around the Wichita area you get a kid or two who pops up, and, and, and gear, uh, Skyler could be, a, a, a you know, one to watch uh, at 150.
0: Yeah, I think 113's also got some intrigue. Josh Jun- Juniman of Oberlin, Decatur Community, upset Chase Johnson last week at, at regionals, and, and Johnson was a state finalist last year. And so, uh, you know, that kind of maybe opens up a door for another Hoxie champion with Ian Giancola that uh, Ricky was talking about. But Logan Courtois of game is a, is a very strong wrestler. He was the wrestler region- regional wrestler of the meet at Sabetha, and he's just a freshman; has one loss, and he could kind of throw the, himself in the mix there at to one thirteen. So I think that's another one, really, to kind of keep an eye on as well. And so, uh, turn our attention to Class Four A. Um, it was a great tournament last year. Tonganoxie captured the team title last year, holding off Andale, Augusta, and Rose Hill. And uh, three of those, I think, are going to be really strong in the mix this year. When you look at Rose Hill, Andale, and Augusta, and Scott. Those 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 teams have kind of gone back and forth this year in terms of flexing their muscle. Uh, how do we see this one shaking out in, in Class Four A?
2: Yeah, you, you know you mentioned how Hoxie's been so dominant up there in, the, in that regional of Three A. Well, that uh, Andale, Rose Hill, and Augusta all got together in Augusta last weekend for the for the Four A regional, and, and uh, you know Rose Hill was ranked number one, but Andale won the won the meet. Uh, you know Rose Hill ended up with five five regional champions out of that. Uh, but that's that just kind of speaks to the those three schools have really kind of banged heads here in the Wichita area and and Andell, uh, you know, their leader's Owen Eck, who's just a, just an outstanding, um, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the state. Period. He's he's uh, an outstanding wrestler at 144, and and he he was one of three uh, regional champions for Andell uh, last weekend, and and then Rose Hill has had a really good season. They've just uh, uh, it. it, it i guess the 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 question i would have is how can it translate uh, to a weekend in salina and when, when uh, you know you're kind of dividing your the, the the powers are kind of dividing the weight classes here but but the rockets were strong last weekend with with five uh, uh, regional champions they've got bronx, bronx wood who uh two at 215 a transfer from andover central a couple years ago and and leck lex been a, a strong one at 106 so uh yeah i'm kind of curious just to you know to to kind of keep an eye you know, mainly keeping my eye on the on the Wichita area. Those those three, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can they can ulti- ultimately make the biggest noise uh, uh, this weekend. Yeah, you look at Andale and Augusta, each each
0: with ten state qualifiers. Um, Rose Hill gets nine state qualifiers. Tonganoxie matches uh, Andale and Augusta with ten, and then the school that ends up with the most state qualifiers in Class Four A is Paola. They're kind of lurking out there as somebody that nobody's really talked a lot about and Mac is payola a team that can, that can maybe be a push and surprise. And we, we've seen surprise champions at state before. I I remember several years ago, Holton was unranked in the team rankings before regionals and they end up the season being state champions. So a team gets hot and puts it all together. You never know what can happen. It looks like payola is kind of peaking at the right time.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's not just 12 state qualifiers, it's eight of those are ranked. Uh, you got Brock Johnson as a, a freshman at 106, uh, he's 38-2 and two on the year, he's, he's pretty darn good. Uh, they got Caden Powell, Charlie Zeller, Dylan Wagerman uh, as wrestlers that are in the top three of their weight classes, uh, a, a handful of uh, those other uh, ranked ones are, you know, 5th fourth or fifth so just a very good group, very strong. And yeah, I think, you know, there's a reason they're there at that, at that fourth spot. Uh, it's a, a very tough to, you know, try to, 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 to beat out these, these top teams uh, there, but uh, you know, Tonganoxie is been a really good team. You mentioned the, the numbers for their state qualifiers and Paola has been able to come out on top against them. It, you know uh the the these league meet frontier league uh at regionals they they've been great so i think when you're looking at you know it, it's depth plus it's not like they don't have uh you know a, a couple guys that can uh you know mix it up and, and maybe try to try, try to win a, a state championship you know uh, i think it'll be really key with you know somebody like uh you know uh charlie zeller uh, to go as deep as you can that's a really tough in 157 with you know ty Leedy at chanute I, I i wouldn't put money on anybody knocking him off but uh, you know, if you can get a couple guys like Charlie Zellner to, to max out the number of points in a tough weight class like that, you can get yourself in that position. And, and without a doubt, Payola is a, is definitely a team to, if not be a possible state champion, just that, that team race for a trophy that, that one, two, three, they are definitely gonna give Rose Hill, Augusta Nando and a run for their money on that.
0: Now you look at Class Four A. Owen Eck of Andale is the only undefeated wrestler in that class, but we do have six returning state champions uh, back in Class Four A. Um, Owen and Owen Eck will have to face, probably have to face a returning state champion, a two-time returning state champion. In fact, to win his title in Tucker Cell of Abilene, so that makes one forty-four an intriguing weight class uh, already there. Owen and Tucker have already wrestled twice this year, and Owen's pretty much handled Tucker's Cell, but you just, you know, when you get to the state tournament, I've seen, I've seen matches of between guys who have got, butted heads over and over. And one guy dominates, dominates, dominates. And all of a sudden at a state tournament in a state final, the, 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 the complexity of the match, the, it just changes. And, and all of a sudden maybe he's wrestling a little bit safer, or wrestling more not to lose, or, or as, as the other guys learn something and is kind of held back maybe so he could use it when he needed it the most. So I think, uh, you know, if Owen Eck and Tucker sell do work their way out to meet each other in the 144 finals, it could be very intriguing with both of them, you know, trying to go after those multiple state championships, each going for their third state championship. And both of them are juniors and, you know, that's, you know, you want to be a four-time state champion. That's, that's every kid's goal when he gets to high school is I want to be a four time state champion. And, and both of these guys are on that path, but, it's not going not to continue for one of them. So I think if that championship uh, materializes, actually it looks like they're going to meet in the semifinals if, uh, if the bracket holds out the way it is. So uh, what a semifinal match that w- will be uh, if, if those two can make it out there. So um, and then you look at Marcus Terry. I think 126 is a very interesting uh, weight bracket there. Uh, Marcus Terry, a two-time state champion uh, the past two seasons, Got knocked off at uh, in his regional finals by Damon Ingram of Rose Hill, and I think Ingram, if, if memory serves me right, has gotten
2: him a couple times this year, hasn't he, Scott? Yeah, he got him at the Rose Hill Invitational. He's got him gotten gotten him here a couple times this month, and and so that yeah, you, you kind of mentioned that theme of of uh, one guy having the upper hand on another, but not not necessarily guaranteeing that will be the case. I I have got to think Marcus Terry will go to will go to Salina very determined uh, to you know if he can get that match up again to to turn the tide because Ingram has been a real thorn and and really one of the reasons that Rose Hill has kind of uh, you know ascended to the, uh, to the top of the 4A rankings. Damon Damon has been an outstanding performer this year and and uh, you know two victories over Marcus Terry tells you all you need to know about his his ability and uh, that's definitely one to you know one bracket to keep an eye on I would say at 4A. Yeah, and, and t- Marcus
0: Terry, a, a potential second round matchup against Abilene's Chris McClanahan, who was a state runner-up last year. So just the road to get back to the finals uh, looks like it's going to be a tough, a tough path for Marcus. Uh, other returning state champions, you got Johnny Leck of Rose Hill, who won last year at 106. Uh, you know, Mac talked a little bit about Brock Johnson. Those two have kind of been ranked number one and two all year at. Uh, in 106, and they're on the opposite side of the brackets. so that could be a uh, you know a potential championship showdown. Uh, Mac also mentioned Ty Lidia Chanute and and not putting money uh, against anybody beat on, on anybody beating him last year. Ty got upset not just in this not even in the semifinals in the quarterfinals. Uh, Pratt's Coda Dittman st- stunned him in their quarterfinal match, and so Ty definitely goes back to Salina with some uh, serious motivation on his side. So uh, if he was tough to beat before, I bet he's going to be extremely tough to beat when he gets back to Salina this year after what happened to him last year. And then the other returning state champion, Scott City's Colin McDaniel, uh, he won at 126 last year and jumps all the way up to 150 this year. And so uh, Ricky, he's somebody that that's a that's a pretty big jump in weights, but looks like he's handled it pretty well this year.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that is impressive. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't think I have much to add, to add to that.
0: Well, he, uh, he got beat at regionals. So, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be determined too. You, know, Augustus Cannon Carey is, uh, one of those really good wrestlers at that weight class. Noah Bailey was a state finalist that, potential uh, bailey mcdaniel matchup in the second round there and then winner of that would get probably cannon carry of Augusta. so that side of the bracket really loaded for uh, on that side kind of opens things up for sheldon martin of paola on the top side of that bracket to make some noise uh you know he, he was a regional champion along with thomas mcintyre of Wamigo, and then you know just looking at maybe some of the other brackets and in class 4A, I think, uh, you know, there's just some really balanced brackets. 132 with Tonganoxie's Braden, Le, Braden Moore, Augustus Calvin LaPlante, who was a state runner up last year. Uh, that's a really good weight class. You look at uh, 165, Jaden Fletcher from Holton was state runner up to Sam Elliott last year. He's got Andale's Ian Ode, uh, Clay Center's Brett Loader, Tonganoxie's Colton Bruceman are some of the top guys in that one. And then you know, to go back to 285. That's always a, always a great weight class. Uh, you know, Willie John Morales was ranked number one going into regionals. He loses to Rose Hills' Mylon Colvin, who was uh, just a beast last year. Both those guys are sophomores. Uh, that, that's potential there for a, a, good, uh, a good potential rematch there. And then Baldwin's Jack Harvey has been an outstanding wrestler this year, uh, was a state runner-up last year to Gabriel Bailey, who's now graduated from Tonganoxie. And he's had a great season. He only has one loss, and I can't remember who it came to, but it was a very quality loss. And then turning our attention now to Class 5A, which will be down in Wichita. And uh, last year it was Goddard, which last year, the year before that, the year before that, the year before that, keep going. This year, if Goddard's going to keep this streak going, they've got a lot of work to do, Scott.
2: Yeah, what what were you doing in 2014? I don't remember what I was doing. I Goddard was starting a streak of uh, state five uh, a state team titles that year, and and uh, they, you know, we've talked about this before. They've been the they've been the gold standard uh, for five a wrestling for 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 several years now, and and uh, had a great senior group last year, and, but uh, and still have some good wrestlers. There's going to be plenty of of Goddard victories at, at the five a state tournament this weekend uh but but the the depth has kind of shifted toward uh toward Mays and, and Mays is uh uh you know maybe primed to, to carry the torch they they qualified 11 wrestlers for state uh this year they've got Connor Paget who won a title last year and uh, uh Aiden Flores who was a runner up uh, just uh, uh they've they they look like the heir apparent although I think the Newton Railers may have something to say about that they've been try they uh, you know Maze may's, mays beat them pretty handily in a duel here toward the end of the regular season but newton uh newton is just outstanding at the lower weight classes and and uh uh they've got you know their their star is is Nick Triester, a senior who's uh on the thecacia student advisory uh board and and uh, just an outstanding outstanding student and athlete nick is uh uh he's on his way to- the naval academy but uh, his his work this weekend will be to try to win his fourth uh state title and join that that elite company, uh, in the, in the state of Kansas and, and, uh, uh, AB Stokes is another, uh, wrestler in the lower weights for Newton, who, who is, uh, very capable. Uh, it's just, they're good at the lower weights. It's just, can anybody match Maze's depth this weekend? I think, and Mays, uh, you know, up the middle weights, uh, and that's where they're really strong and, and, uh, have high finishers, uh, you know, uh, from from the regionals, you know, a lot of a lot of champions and second place finishers. They've got uh Nakayla Shabazz, a past state champion who's wrestling at 138. Uh Camden Pagett's another really good senior leader for them. Clayton Bowers, uh, Ronan Wunsch will be in the hunt at one ninety. Uh, just a, uh, you know Cody Eubanks at one fifty seven. So so Mays has a lot of guys who who kind of uh, as I mentioned in the last podcast, they just kind of look like that those Goddard teams who have just kind of Loaded up in every class and, and bring quality at, at every class and that's where they're at this year. Uh, so I'd really expect um, really expect a good team battle there. Individually down here in the Wichita area, Andover Junior Adam Mackey has just been outstanding. He's he's forty seven and one this year. Uh, he pinned Shabazz at, at the uh, to win the regional title at, at Andover. He's one to watch uh, at one thirty eight. And then uh, Nathan Fury, uh, the Cape of Mount Carmel Senior. Uh, he beat Wunsch in the finals at 190, and he's 43 and one. And, and Fury has been he, he's been knocking on the door to 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 win a state title, but he's in that outstanding weight class at 190 that that is that is so deep. Uh, uh, but but it, yeah, that'll be it'll be a fun 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 class to watch. There's a lot of guys who have a lot of experience uh, in that class. But uh, I would probably if you're gonna um, you know put pen to paper, I would say Mays probably is the favorite going in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Nick Triester going after his fourth state
0: title this year. He's the only guy that this year could win a fourth state title. So uh, looking to make history in a family that is as historic as it as it comes in uh, in Kansas wrestling history. And, you know, Scott, you talked about it. Newton number going into regionals, number one at 106, number one at 113, number one at 120, number one at 126. So uh, their lower weights are killers, but then Mays comes back. Number three at 132, number two at 138, number two at 144, number two at 150, and number five, six at 157, number three at 65, one at 175, four at 190, and just on and on. One at 215, just on and on and on. And so uh, it's going to be uh, certainly those two schools pack a lot of punch. And then you know the, the other team that really has a lot to lot to going for it is St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, mac they've got some great wrestlers and when you look at dylan elmore and sean carroll both of those are ranked number one in their weight classes
1: yeah aquinas and i think we've talked about it on uh previous podcasts uh they have a, a legit group there nine state qualifiers uh, you have four regional Champs uh, Elmore is a returning state Champion Sean Carroll at 190 lost uh, in the Finals last year so That's been something uh, I, I know he's he's so Focused on trying to get back and and, and Get that state title uh, They just a, a Bunch of uh, really Talented guys and you know I, I Think when we were talking earlier about 4A and uh, you know this kind of pay and Tonganoxie is iron sharpening iron in the uh, Frontier League for them well you have Aquinas and then you also have Blue Valley Southwest and that's iron sharpening iron in the EKL where they get to face a bunch of really good 6A teams as well and Blue Valley Southwest actually ended up winning the EKL and Aquinas got fourth and then we get to regionals and actually let me find the number. Cause I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, but, uh, in the, the regional, uh, I'm just going to get it wrong. Cause I can't find it. I, it, Two points, three points that separated Aquinas from Blue Valley Southwest. One, two in the team race. Uh, you know, both really good groups. And since I've already talked about Aquinas on previous ones and pointed out to all the the top guys, I'm gonna go through the the, the Blue Valley Southwest list. They get uh, three regional champs with Lucas Scowls, Cole Kronk, uh, Torrin Forsythe. Uh, just really uh, talented guys. Uh, that, you know, it, it, you look at uh, Cole Kronk, uh, you know, in the, in the same camp as a, as a Sean Carroll, just a machine uh, on the mat, uh, Don't Blink matches in very quickly with him. Uh, and he, he, he's somebody who's got the strength and the speed and the technique. Uh, similarly, uh, Torin Forsyth, Uh, you know sometimes you think at 285 you think the heavyweight classes are ones where it's just going to uh, be a lot of a lot of weight being thrown around and you know it it might be a little bit slower not when uh, Torin's on uh, on the mat he is an extremely fast competitor at 285 and he's one that you know I, I think Early on in the year, I think both Cole Cronk and Torin Forsythe were dealing with injuries early on, and it took a while for him to get going. But once they got going, uh, they've been really, really good uh, of late. And when I say get going, Cole Cronk just means he's nineteen and zero. His slow starts were still all wins, and Torin Forsythe uh, is thirty-seven and one. So when you got those, uh, you know, top-end talents, I think Aquinas and Blue Valley Southwest. Uh, they got the depth. They got enough guys uh, going to state. They can get themselves, you know, in into that that group. And, uh, you know, if I was putting, uh, you know, you talked about teams that were unranked. Uh, I don't think Aquinas is coming out of nowhere. They're third. They've been around there all year. Blue Valley Southwest has moved into that eighth spot in the top ten, but I, I honestly think if, if they get the the right things fall their way, they can get themselves into that uh, team race conversation as well. So should be very exciting to 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 see what those groups do uh, at state.
0: Yeah, Cronk, as you mentioned, undefeated this year. One of two undefeated wrestlers in five A listed on the website, although. The other one is defending champion Zurarch Tangjeron Kuhl from Emporia. And I seem to remember him losing to Derek Johnson at a meet earlier this year. And I know maybe he stepped up a weight class, but am I wrong in in remembering that those two faced each other out at like Dodge City or somewhere earlier this year and and Derek Derek beat him?
3: They did. Yeah, Yeah. so I don't know. Yeah, they did. Uh, Yeah, he moved up, yeah.
0: Okay, so I guess you don't count that match uh, on – well, I think he moved up, uh, and so I guess I guess that doesn't technically count against his overall record. They have him listed as thirty four and zero on the website, but uh, I mean losing to Derek is still like winning. I mean it's it's one of those deals where um, I, I'm sorry I, I said Nick Triester was the only one going for four. Derek Johnson also going for four um, in Class three two one a this year, and so I I misspoke there. I apologize there. But when you look at uh, returning state champions in Class five a. We Mentioned Nick Treaser going for his fourth. He's won at 113 and twice at 106, this year at 120. You got Jet Schwartz, who was the 106 champion last year. Now he's up at 126. Nikaelin uh, Shabazz of Mays won at 113 in 2021. He's now at 138. Uh, Zerarch from Emporia at 150. He was at 145 champion last year. Goddard Zach Wesley at 157. He won 132 in, in 2021. Dylan No More. At 165 from St. Thomas Aquinas was the 160 champ last year. And then Connor Paget Amaze at 175, he was the 170 champion last year. And so uh, Class 5A, we've, we've uh, exhausted uh, pretty much everything there. And then turning our attention to Class 6A. And uh, Washburn Rural is the two-time defending state champion. But I have a feeling that we're going to have a new champion this year after Rural had a Pretty solid regional, not probably not the best regional that they had hoped for, and they finished sixth at their super regional that they were that they hosted last weekend with Derby coming out on top there, and Derby looks to be the favorite to uh, get back to the top of
2: Class Six A this year, Scott. Yeah, you know, I, I, what struck me about that regional is Derby ends up with 13 state qualifiers out of the regional, wins the regional's title by six points over Garden City, so I think uh, that that tells me. You know, yes, they will be the favorite. Uh, does that make them a lock? I don't know. I that that was that just kind of is what blew me away is that the 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 team competition was that close and yet Derby's going to be loading up the bus. Uh, you know, heading to Hartman Arena uh, this weekend. But they have the, the Panthers have had a great season and, and you know they set number one in the KWCA 6A rankings right now. Uh, they got uh, you know they had three individual champ- champions. Uh, uh, at at Rural with Braden Tatum at 126 and Tate Rusher uh 150 and Nolan Egan at 157 and uh, you know Tatum and Rusher uh, have have had a you know Rusher's a, a state champion at 138 last year uh, trying to get one at 150 this year. Uh, Tatum's been knocking on the door he's been a runner up twice and and uh, uh really was impressive at the regional last week and and uh so he looks like primed to primed to really make a, a good bid to do that, and then Egan's, uh, you know, he's been a state medalist each year, each of his first three years. So uh, they've got the 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 anchor of that lineup in, in those three, and and uh, it'll be interesting, you know. Yes, you take thirteen to state. How long can they last? Because that's going to be the key. Uh, obviously, with how close Garden City was to them a regional, can can you keep those thirteen moving into? into into Saturday and and keep racking up points even if it's on the backside that'll that'll be key to to, to Derby protecting that number one ranking.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, you know a couple teams over in the Kansas City area are going to have a lot to say about it. And when you look at Olathe North and Mill Valley, uh, tied for first uh, in the team scores at, at regionals, uh, both finishing with 240 points. And you know Mill Valley was 5A last year. Uh, they kind of one of those schools that bounces back and forth, and now they're back up to 6A and. And they've got some, they've got some dudes that can do this. And Olathe North obviously has some guys as well. Uh, Mac Mill Valley and, and Olathe North, both teams very capable of getting it done this weekend.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you just look at the the top guys there to, to go along with, uh, you know, the, the good depth. Mill Valley, 12 state qualifiers. And then, you know, uh, Dylan Cooper as the number one ranked wrestler, 126. Uh, Colin McAllister, number one ranked wrestler, 150. And, you know, I, I think the other thing, you know, not to keep, jumping ahead, but I mean juniors, so uh you gotta have the potential to have them a couple more years and that's most of the guys that are in uh the rankings. They're just a bunch of juniors for this Mill Valley crew. Um I'm thinking uh you know uh, Eddie uh Hughart in uh one thirty two I think he's in the top five or six uh he he's a senior uh but the rest of that group just a bunch of juniors uh Christopher Walsh is a freshman uh at 215 he's in the the top 6 um the, it's a, a group that definitely uh has the firepower uh got the the depth and the guys who can really make a, a a deep run have a chance to try to try to win a state title uh and and you know i, I think the most interesting is it's also in uh, weight classes where the other top guys are derby guys you know uh, Dylan Cooper if he wants to win it you're gonna have to take down uh Braden Tatum you know uh, Colin McAllister if you want it Tate Rusher and these guys are experienced they know how to get the job done they show them what they what they're capable of doing so if you're going to get yourself in that conversation you know uh, a little less pressure maybe when you're juniors you got this group that you're like all right Next year we're going to, we can come back and, and, and try it again if it doesn't quite go as well, but you know, these guys want to do it this year. So it'll be very interesting to, to see what, uh, Mill Valley was capable of. And then Olathe North, uh, I've talked about them a, a little bit before on previous podcasts, uh, very talented group. And, 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 uh, it, it's definitely, you look at the, the return and state champions of, uh, Kale Alderman, uh, he's uh, still ranked number one in one thirty eight. uh, Alex Samuelson, although it says Alex here on the KWC rankings I'm looking at right now. Just going to call out some typos in the middle of podcasts, what I do. Uh, He's top of 157. And that's, uh, they're going to get points with those two for sure. They're going to get some points with uh, some other, uh, you know, really talented guys and they're going to keep themselves. I feel like they're always uh, putting themselves in the position. Uh, to to, to be in the team race in some way because a a really great program they have there but uh, it's when you start adding in some of the younger guys Uh, Samuelson's brother Blake he's ranked fifth in 113 Uh, you got uh, Alderman's younger brother also really good uh, freshman Uh, so uh, Jackson Scott is not a younger brother of a state champion but uh, he's a freshman who's fifth in 106 once you put all of those together that's a lot of potential points and again you know they have that top end potential because they already have those returning state champions
0: yeah looking at class 6a uh the regional that was held at Washburn rural had some had some interesting uh upsets at that at that regional when you look at uh Braden Pacheco of Garden City right, was ranked number one at 106 going into the regional. He gets upset by Caleb uh, Hutchinson of Manhattan, which isn't a huge upset. Caleb Hutchinson has had a great year for Manhattan as a freshman and has really gone out and, and proven it against the best of the best. Uh, earlier this year at the Newton Tournament of Champions, I believe he beat three two kids that were ranked number one in their respective weight classes on his way to winning winning that title there so uh but that was an, a little bit of an upset you look at at 113 washburn world's easton brocksterman uh got a major decision over ezekiel wit who beat brocksterman in the in the state championship match last year at 106 so that was an upset you look at 132 and garden city's ryan hyman gets upset by manhattan's Jamil agnew in the in the finals so uh, you, got, you had some guys that were ranked number one going into regionals that suddenly, uh, hey, now we're going to have to buckle down and, and get back to it because they got, they got knocked off in, in their regional. So it uh, should make for some intriguing uh, returns going back. I, I think the 106 bracket is a really good one when you look at, at that, that Western crew of Pacheco, Hutchinson, and Derby's Jaden Grijalva. Grig- 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 uh, the, all three of those guys are just great wrestlers, and then right up at 113, uh, Ezekiel Witt was a champion last year at 106. Nolan Bradley of Free State was a champion at 113, and Easton Brocksterman beat them both last week at regionals. So, 113 uh, is a great, uh, a great weight class. And then I just like the the names in the 175. You got Luke Barker, who's undefeated, returning mm-hmm. state champion, two time state champion, one as a freshman. Didn't win as a sophomore. Won last year as a junior. But then the number two ranked guy is Ty Hammers. I mean, if you're a wrestler, Ty Hammers is like the ultimate wrestling name. Like, dude, my name's Ty Hammers. I'm coming at you. And then you got right behind him. And I can tell you, he delivers <laughs> oh, on I that name. So. I think told- <laughs> so. He he throws the hammer down. <laughs> and then you got Peyton Neptune in that, in that weight class, too. So, you got a Barker, a Hammers, and a Neptune in that weight class. So, let's just go to 175 <laughs> just for name value at least there. And then uh, I, oh, I think yeah. the 190 oh, yeah. weight class is a, is a really good one, too. <laughs> Tristan Juarez from Liberal was a beast at regionals, uh, went out and just was, was awesome. Roman Loya from Dodge, Alan Cheris from, from Garden City, those guys were all at the regional, too. And and, uh, and Juarez ended up winning there. And then 215 <laughs> could be pretty interesting, too, where Miles Walsh was ranked number two going into – into regionals, and, and he lost in the semifinals at, at regionals, and so he didn't even make it to the finals there. So I think 215 is a good weight class. You look at it overall, there's a lot of returning champions from from the past couple years when you look at Nolan Bradley and Ezekiel Witt, uh, Free State and Junction City both at 113, Cale Alderman of Latham North at 126, Tate Rusher, or Alderman's at 138, won at 126 last year, Tate Rusher at 150, won at 138 last year, Alex Samuelson of Olathe North at 157 was the 152 champ last year. Luke Barker of Dodge City, 175. He's won at 170 and 152 in his career. Matthew Markham was an upset champion last year. He knocked off Olathe South's Blake Jurette in the finals last year. This year he's undefeated. And then Sebastian Lopez of Garden City at 285, the defending champion there. And so uh, some great champions. Uh, Matthew Markham from Free State has had a great season. He's undefeated. Mack, uh, he looks like uh, he took last year's title and has run with it.
1: Yeah, and I was, I was going to say with uh, that, that kind of uh, reversal of positions where Markham was dead set on taking down Olathe South's Blick Dre. He was, and, you know, uh, we try not to report too much on anything that gets a little, whether it's personal or just kind of uh, personal, Kid's not taking the high road, but I know Markham was not happy with kind of the way Jure was very confident, which he had a reason to be. The kid went nearly two whole years without losing a match, and so Markham just so energetic when he got that victory, and I mean, it went down to the wire in that match. Uh, like, that, to, to see that and to see this year now, he's the undefeated... He's got, he's the the you know uh, gonna be the hunted or the one with the target on his back. It'll be very interesting to see how guys like Miles Wa- uh, Wash, Lucas Conover of uh, Lathan Northwest, start going down the list. How those guys feel uh, about Markham because I've seen Markham. He's 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 starting to get a little bit of that confidence that Dre had. So it'll be very interesting to to see how that plays out now that the shoes on the other foot for Markham yeah,
0: and Ricky. You know Garden City. Uh, Was runner up to Derby at regionals and and had some had some kids get upset. And so that kind of played into that. Uh, I think they're a team that if they if they show up and and have a have a really good, really good weekend, they're certainly capable of knocking off Derby for the 6A title.
3: Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. I mean, if they flip a couple of those matches, if you know, Pacheco, I, th- I believe, was ranked number one at one hundred and six. Uh, I think Ryan Hyman was ranked number one at one hundred and thirty-two. If those guys, you know, flip, it, you know, flip, flip the, those matches at regionals, and they do the same thing at state, I, I think they will be right there. Uh, you know. You, met, you mentioned uh, Sebastian Lopez at 285, reigning state champ. He's just been really, really good. Um, you know, like like you mentioned earlier, anything can happen at heavyweight, but I, I would think he has a really, really good chance of of repeating. Uh, Colin Kleistuber at 165, you know, he's been really solid. He was a regional champ. Um, you know, I think they had – the last rankings i think they had seven or eight guys in there so uh, very very dangerous team um that i th- i think could be in the running uh, and then i just wanted to mention luke luke barker um obviously you, you talked a little bit about him but just a tremendous career I, I talked to coach tate lowe about him a little bit earlier this year just loves the challenge um you know loves wrestling everybody uh got a chance to to watch him wrestle in Dodge City against uh, Sam Watkins of Oxy, who's obviously tremendous, tremendous wrestler and Luke pretty much controlled controlled that match, so that tells you how good he is. Uh but it's just been a really good year for the WAC. Uh we well, mentioned Juarez He's been he's been really solid too. uh I didn't get a chance to touch on him, but in five A uh Harley Zimmerman, uh, you know, he was a runner up last year and he has I think he has a good chance to get a state title too. So I I, th- I think there's a lot of good guys in the WAC that'll that'll at least contend for titles.
0: Yeah, and I think uh on along the lines of Luke Barker he probably goes in with a little bit of uh I don't know how what what the best term is. It, you know, I'm sure he and Damian Mendez were extremely close, uh, being you know longtime wrestlers in that program, and especially that high end level wrestler. And so I'm sure he's going to carry some of some of Damian's memory with him into the state tournament this week, and and really will kind of wrestle wrestle a little bit for his fallen brother there. You know, Damian Mendez obviously tragically passed away during the summer. Um, one of the one of the best wrestlers the state's had in the last couple of years, and uh, and so I'm sure all of Dodge City's kids when they get to state, there's going to be a little something extra in, in their tank just uh, just remembering Damian.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, a loss that was a loss that was felt all all throughout the state. Um, and yeah, I can't I can't say it any better. I'm sure I'm sure they'll be wrestling with the memory of Damian this this week.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, so that sets up. State Wrestling Week. Get your Vision Quest soundtracks on loop, and we get ready to go. Um, you know, six a Park City, five a Park City, four a Salina, three two one a out in Hayes for the boys, for the girls six five a in Park City, four through one a in Salina. Girls on Wednesday, Thursday. We start bright and early tomorrow morning at ten a.m. We'll be ready to go to hit the mat. And good luck to all the wrestlers out at your state tournaments this weekend hope uh hope you make it to the top of the podium and with that we will uh we will wrap up this week's episode of our Keisha covered podcast we usually come at you every two weeks but we're going to sneak in another one next week just to wrap up state wrestling and preview state bowling which will be coming up next week um in Wichita And we'll touch a little bit on what happened at State Wrestling and talk about State Bowling before coming back again in two weeks with a basketball state preview podcast uh, highlighting all the state uh, basketball tournaments that will be coming up. So we'll get you again next week. You get a a double dose of us uh, here coming up soon. Thanks for tuning in to our Acacia podcast. For Mac Moore, Ricky Peterson, Scott Pass, this is Brent Maycock saying we'll see you next week.